Welcome folks, uh, tonight I'm going to be dealing with the topic, how much glory do you carry? And I think that this is something that is often misunderstood, and uh, I think that by the time we finish tonight, I really believe that I'm going to be able to give some insight um, into this topic, because there's a lot of people um, who have heard a lot of scripture, but they don't really understand what it's all about. So let's start off right at the beginning with Adam and Eve. Um, In Psalm chapter 8 verse 5, we read this. And this is a a portion of scripture where uh, David is busy discussing and he's speaking to God and he says, God, who is man? Who is man that you think so much about him? And what is interesting is this, in verse 5, chapter 8 verse 5, it says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Now this is a very interesting scripture in that if you read the next verse and the next few verses that follow that, it actually says, and you have given him dominion over every work of your hand. In other words, everything that God created has been given to man. And he's given the dominion to man. And he has actually gone as far as to say, and everything is his footstool, is under his feet. So I want you to understand that God's intention was always that man had dominion. But I don't want to deal with that right now. What I want to deal with is in verse 5, we see that God has crowned man with glory and with honor. Now let's look at the word honor. First of all, the word honor speaks of your position. In other words, if we had to have the president walk into the building, we would sit down and go, Your Honor. In other words, they are a person of a high esteem. They carry a lot of authority. So whenever you see the word honor in the Bible, you must know that it is speaking about an authority position. Somebody who carries a lot of authority, a lot of weight, and can actually have things done. So most times in the Bible, they would speak of the king being in the place of honor. You know, you'd sit down in a, in a, at a table or somewhere, then you'd have the seat of honor at the head of the table. Okay, it speaks of somebody who carries the highest authority in the place. So when God says that He has given man honor, it says that God has given man the authority over the earth. In other words, He has given man dominion over the earth and over everything that He has created. But I want us to have a look at this word glory, because this is the part that most people don't understand, and I want us to really understand this today. The word glory, in its simplest form, okay, means to bring into the, the best place that it can be. In other words, something that is brought to its fullest potential, to the place that it has been expressed to its fullest Let me give you an example. In other words, if I had to sit down and I had to show you a rose, a rose will be in its glory only when it's in full bloom. When it's opened up and it's at its best exposure, then it's called, it is in its glory. You know, when we sit down and we say that this nation was full of glory, in other words, there was a lot of exposed potential. Everything was sitting down, it was splendor. It was an overflow of everything. So the word glory means that it has reached its fullest potential. It is the best that it will ever be. 
So I want you to see that when God made man, He made man in its fullest potential in Adam. And He gave man glory and He gave man honor. So in other words, He gave man His fullest potential as well as giving him the position of authority to rule and reign and have dominion over the planet. So what happened now is that you'd see before the fall, Adam and Eve would walk around the garden, and the Bible says that they did not even have clothes on. They weren't even aware that they were naked. Why was that? Because of the glory that was inside of them was manifesting so strong that they did not even realize that they needed clothes. The minute they sinned, that glory was lifted from them. That full potential, that manifestation of God flowing in them, God's glory lifted from them and suddenly they realized that they were naked. And that is why we go and read in Romans chapter 3 verse 23. And everybody reads this and understands this. It says, for we have all sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? It means the minute you have sinned, you fall short of that full potential of God flowing through you. God's intention was for us to have the full potential of God flowing through us so that we could have dominion over this earth. But yet, our sin has minimized that. Our sin has brought us to a place where we start doing things in the natural. Now remember that if you are in God's glory and you have the glory of God shining through you or working through you, you are dealing in a supernatural realm. You are not dealing in the natural realm. And so if you have God's glory operating in your life, you are as if God was there himself. And so when you speak, things are going to literally start happening. Now the problem that we have had in our lives is is that we have fallen short of the glory of God. So what happens then? The minute the glory is lifted, all that is left is the natural realm. And so what we have done as mankind is is that we have tried to accommodate ourselves and work ourselves in a system in the natural to try and do the best we can without the glory operating in our lives. Without that supernatural operating in our lives, we have tried to do the best that we can. And that is why so many Christians are not seeing the results or the manifestations that we read in the Bible. So many of us are not seeing supernatural things taking place because we are focusing on the natural things. We are looking and trying to do exactly what Adam and Eve did. They're working very hard just to make a living because the Bible says part of the curse is that you will now toil with the sweat of your brow just to survive. And so what has happened is Christians are trying to work very hard and trying to do the best that we can without a supernatural intervention. And we can have that supernatural intervention by allowing the glory of God to start flowing in our lives. But we don't do that because we don't understand it. So by the end of tonight, I'm going to show you how to allow... God's glory to operate in your life just like Adam had it. 
In Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, we read this and it says, The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give you peace, says the Lord of hosts. It's very interesting. You know, when when they sat down and they said, listen, we are going to uh, bring the Ark of the Covenant. And Moses put up the tabernacle. And God's glory would come into that place. God's presence would come in and manifest so much that nobody was allowed to come in there because if they did, they would die. Remember Moses when he was on the mountain, he says, God, show me your glory. And God says, no man will be able to see my full extent of my glory and live. So what I'll do is I'll cover you and I'll just come past you and you'll only catch a glimpse of my shadow. Because you won't be able, as a human being, to be able to handle the full glory of God. And God showed him some of his glory, his full potential, his full power, and he just gave him a glimpse of it. And the Bible says that uh, Moses came down and his face was white, radiant white. And he was shining because of the glory, just the reflection that had hit his skin. Now I want you to see that when God says that the glory of the former, uh, the latter temple will be greater than the former, former okay, and a lot of people just took this as the temple of Solomon and you know these temples that were built. But this is not just talking about that. There is a prophetic edge to the scripture and I want you to get it tonight. When the glory of God was in the temple, when the glory of God was on the tabernacle, the power of God was so incredible that people used to get healed. People used to get delivered. Wherever God's glory came and appeared, the power of God was there. Remember the story even when David, when David sat down and brought the ark back and he went and put it in a tent on Mount Zion and the power of God was there. Documented facts of people being healed just because the presence was there. And so I want to show you in scripture that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 it says this, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? And it says in verse 19, uh, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom, you, uh, whom you have from God and that you are not your own? So what is that saying? It says this, that your body is now the new tabernacle or the new temple of God. And when God says the glory of the latter house, the latter temple is going to be greater than the former, God is saying the glory inside of you is going to be greater than what is in the building. The potential presence of God inside of you is going to be greater and manifested greater than anything else that is around. Now I want you to know that it's very important that we understand this. That we can carry the glory of God in our lives to such a degree, just like Adam did. Just like Adam had that power and that demonstration of God's glory, and wherever he went and whatever he said happened. And when he spoke something, the power of God literally created it on this planet. He had dominion over everything that God had made. And God's saying, I'm giving you 
you that glory that is even more than what was in the temples. And the power of God that was so strong that the people of God feared God because they said, well, speak to Moses because we're scared of you. They could not handle the glory that was there. And God's saying, son, daughter, I am putting my glory inside of you. I'm giving you the full potential so that you can do something that nobody else can do. Now let me tell you something. Here's the secret. Okay? If you've got your Bibles, let me just get mine quick. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 15. You see, inside of us we have the Holy Spirit. Inside of us, God is busy working in our lives. But I want us to see something here. God wants us to genuinely be in a place where the power of God moves in our lives. And just before we get to John chapter 15, just mark that place. I want you to go to John chapter 17. And I want you to just page over quickly, verse 22. And this is Jesus Christ, and He's busy praying over here. Jesus says this, And the glory, and He's praying to the Father, The glory which you gave me, I have given them. Who did He give it to? The disciples. I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. What does that mean? Jesus Christ gave the disciples the potential to do everything that Jesus Christ did. He says, the glory that I have, the full potential that I have, I'm giving to the disciples. And I'm saying to them, go ahead and go and do what I have done. Now when did the disciples get it? The minute Jesus breathed on them. And the Bible says, the minute He breathed on them, He said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The minute they received the Holy Spirit, they had God living inside of them. Remember, they became the temple of the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Bible goes as far as to say that if you defile the temple, God is going to judge you. If you defile your own body, God is going to judge you. Now that's quite a hectic thing. A lot of people think that they can do whatever they want with their body. God's actually given clear instruction and said, Listen, you are not allowed to just mess up with your body and do what you want because you are actually housing the presence of God. You know, a lot of Christians just have this thing, we'll just add Jesus to our mix. It doesn't work like that, folks. The minute you accept Jesus Christ, you surrender all and you say, God, you use me, you lead me, you direct me. I surrender my life. And so when God says, uh, when Jesus is praying and He says, I give the glory that I have got from the Father, I now give to the disciples. I said, now you go ahead and do it. Now this is so important. If I, and somebody used this illustration which I really enjoyed. They said if you take a rose and they show the rose and it's in full bloom and it's standing here, is this rose in its full glory? And most people would have said yes. The answer is no because it's been cut off from the lifeline and it's already dying. It's not in its full glory because it's cut off from the lifeline. So in, in John chapter 15, it says this, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. 
And it says, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In other words, if you want to see the real glory of God, very simply, stay tapped into Jesus Christ. Stay tapped into the power of Jesus Christ. Stay tapped into the lifeline. And so God is saying, I have created mankind with glory and with honor. Go and use it. Go and use that full potential that you have so that you can have dominion over this earth. And so everything that doesn't take place, it is our fault. And what is the biggest problem that we do today? We don't allow the glory to manifest itself in our lives. What do I mean by that? We don't allow Jesus Christ to control us to such a degree that the presence is so strong that it changes stuff around us. We have got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have got to allow that manifestation to take place. The minute you go into the natural, you are violating the principle. I want to show you something that's really scary. Do you know that when they, when they sat down and they got to the, to the last temple, in Herod's temple when Jesus Christ was around, and there were priests and they did everything, you know, and you read it in Malachi around the time, and they got this temple. The thing that was not there was the glory. There was no glory in that temple. It wasn't like there was the glory and then when they read the veil rent and then the glory moved. There was no glory, there was no presence. And what happens is this, a lot of us don't have the glory of God operating in our lives. We're acting like a temple that's empty. How do you get the glory activated and, and processing in your life? Very simply, allow the lifeline to feed it. In other words, go to Jesus. He has a practical. Jesus, I surrender all. I give you my body as the temple. Come and inhabit this body. Fill it up. Bring your presence. Bring your power. Let the world see. Because whenever the temple and the tabernacle was full with the glory, everybody knew it. And there needs to be men and women walking around with the power of God and the glory of God manifesting. When they see it in your eyes, they should see something different about you. They should look at you and say, listen, I see the presence of God. I see the power of God. I come into your presence. There's something different about you. You walk into your room and you change an atmosphere. What is that in actual fact? It is the glory of God giving you the right and the power to change an natural environment which you are supposed to be doing on a daily basis and we have been given that glory that's why the Bible says that sin cut us off from that glory for a time but when Jesus Christ came the Bible says he was the last Adam he restored us back to that place where we could actually physically manifest the power of God to such a degree that people around us will look at that thing and go, wow, are we there yet? No. Why are we not there? Because we are still trying to balance it with the natural. 
We are still trying to rationalize what's happening. Our minds have not been renewed to the point that we say, God, it's only you. So I want us to to be challenged tonight and to say, God, stir me up. Stir me up to the place where I'm going to allow your glory to be manifested through me. I don't want to be like the last temple where they sat down and opened up and there was no glory inside there. They must be able to see the power of God inside of me. They must be able to see the presence of God manifesting and oozing out of my life. That wherever I go, I'm setting people free. I'm having dominion over this planet. I'm changing things in the natural because I carry that authority and I carry the glory of God in my life. Because sin is no more an issue. Jesus Christ said, listen, I have come so that you are set free of that sin. And I, not only do I set you free, but I restore the glory back to you. I give you back that initial potential to flow and to reign and to rule over this earth in Jesus' name. Now I want to just deal with something as an extra tonight. And that is this whole thing, and a lot of people have misunderstood this scripture, and they use it so out of context. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it says this, verse 7. For a man indeed ought not cover his head, since he is the image and the glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. I want you to see something here. So many people have used this as that the man is the boss and the woman is a slave. And they say, well, God made man and he's the greatest thing. And women are just nothing. Let me tell you something. That's not what this is talking about. In fact, go to verse 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians 11. It says, Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as a woman came from man, even so man also comes through the woman. But all things are from God. In other words, this is not an issue of a man being better than a woman. Because a guy can't get you without a woman. Are you guys with me? I'm going to explain what this means. What this is talking about is that what was the biggest manifestation or the biggest glory that God could have done on this earth? It was when He made man. God's image of the glory of God, the best thing that He did was when He made man. The best thing that man could have ever come, the biggest potential that came out of man, was when Eve was made. The biggest thing that came out of there was when Eve was made. So when they say God's image or God's glory, man is God's glory. Woman is man's glory. In other words, the best thing that God did on this planet was make man. The best thing that, that, uh, that um, God made with Eve... The best thing that man could have produced was Eve. So I want you to understand that God says, when I see these two, a husband and a wife, when they come together, God sees them as one. And God says that a wife is meant to be a helpmeet because God has an assignment for a couple. Now remember, God does not say that a husband and wife must copy each other. God says that husband and wife must complement each other. In other words, you'll probably be different and opposite. 
Or the one's weak, the other one is strong. Okay? And I want you to understand that God puts two people together so that they could demonstrate the real power of God when they stand in united force and pushing through what the devil has tried to do on this earth. But when they come in agreement, there is no stronger agreement than a married couple. Because God sees them as one. And so when they come together, and the wife often comes and helps as a helpmeet for the assignment that God often places on the husband. And very often you'll see that wives will come and assist and just help the husband do what God has called him to do. And when that happens, there is a unity that takes place. There's a force that takes place that people can't understand. Now, if you're not married and you, know, you don't have a husband or you don't have a wife, okay, don't sit down in despair. But what I'm saying is, don't take this picture that the husband is better than the wife, or that a man is better than a woman. In fact, what God is saying is is that they're meant to flow together. God's ideal plan is for a husband and wife to flow together. Okay, if the one's not saved, we can pray for them and trust God for them. But this is God's perfect picture. Sin has come in and messed up a lot of stuff. There's a lot of young people that should be married that are staying together and they're just messing up because they are allowing themselves to be messed around by the devil and all sorts of stuff is going to happen because God is looking for the perfect thing. Where the thing is in, in order and right, God commands a blessing. So I want us to understand tonight, when we deal with the glory, we are talking about God's greatest potential being loosed through the human race. And the question tonight is this, is how much are you allowing God to loose it through you? Are you allowing God to really demonstrate His glory to such a degree that it's not only a physical manifestation? I mean, it gets to such a point, like when Jesus Christ was at the Mount of Transfiguration, that literally the power of God hit that place so much that it lit up the entire area physically. Are you allowing God to touch you so much that people can see it, that your eyes are radiant, that your physical body brings an atmosphere when you walk in? I have been into many uh, people's presence where I'd walk in and suddenly the power of God would be so physically tangible around them that you sit down and go, you have been with God, there's no debate. You just know that this person has allowed the glory of God just oozing out of them. I want to challenge you tonight. Do not settle for second best. Do not try and deal with the things in the natural. Allow the glory of God, just like Adam had it, to start flowing in your life. How do I do that? I just have to surrender. I say, God, I'm not going to rely on the natural. Holy Spirit, I surrender my life. You come and work in my life. Jesus, I will stay connected to the lifeline. I will not try and not have a relationship with the person who gives me the source. A lot of people have been running off with a gift. The Bible says that the gifts are without repentance. So they are doing a lot of things, but there's no relationship. We have got to get to the place of that genuine relationship. And when we have that genuine relationship, God is going to allow the biggest potential flowing through us. I believe with all my heart that the church of Jesus Christ is living in the most exciting time of history. Even bigger than any of the old guys. David, all of those guys, they've never seen what's going to happen on this earth in this season. 
None of them have seen it. Why? Because God says, the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. When they were around, they saw miracles, they saw stuff, but nothing like what's going to come. When is it going to come? When the body of Jesus Christ realizes, I carry that same glory that Adam did. I'm going to allow that glory to manifest in my life. To the point, like my shadow, Peter, can heal people. My clothes can heal people. The presence of God is so saturating me at all times, no matter what I'm doing, because they are not focused on the natural. They just trust God and supernaturally things take place. You see, the only reason Jesus walked on this earth was to show you what you can do. He showed us what we allowed to do. He showed us as men and women what authority and power we can have on this earth. That's why Jesus Christ used to get so mad with his disciples. He kept on saying, you lack of faith, you lack of faith, you lack of faith. You know, and he would actually go to them and say, how long must I still be here? In other words, he was getting frustrated and saying, listen, aren't you Oaks going to learn anything? So I want you to know that God is expecting us to operate in His glory. He's expecting us to operate in our full potential under the Holy Spirit. So whenever you read the Bible from now on, and you see the word glory, I want you to see the full potential demonstration of God's power operating in your life in the New Testament. And you'll see it right through the New Testament. You know, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. What does that mean? It means through Jesus Christ, I can get that glory. He's my hope that I can have that full glory, just like He had it. And you know what? We can operate like the risen Jesus Christ. In other words, we can be translated. We can do all sorts of things. If we just start trusting God and saying, God, I am going to let this glory operate in my life. How do you think Adam and Eve controlled this planet? They did not sit down and walk across the planet. They moved all over the place. I want you to know that we have got that potential. And God has not just taken us back to where Adam and Eve was. Remember the beginning part? God has made us less than angels. Go back to that scripture quick. Psalm 8 verse 5 made you a little lower than the angels. Where are we now? We are not in that position anymore. You are now seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are right up top there. You don't get higher than that. Where's Jesus? On the right hand of the Father. On the throne. So everything is under your control if you allow the glory of God to operate. The only problem that we've got is we've got a free will. Our free will says natural or God's glory. I want to challenge you tonight not to stick to the natural. I'm going to end with this. I heard the statement which really helped a lot. You know the, the scripture that says that you cannot serve God and you cannot serve mammon. How do you know what, how do you know where the balance is of this? There's this big fight going on in the church. You know, Christians can't be wealthy because they're going to be serving mammon. You know, you must stay humble and stay poor and all of this. Let me write this down. This is going to help you a lot. Man was created to worship whoever provides for him. Man was created to worship whoever provides for him. 
If God is my provider and my source, I will worship Him. If mammon is my provider and my source, I will worship money. How do you know if you worship money? You have comments like, I can't wait until payday. Oh no, listen, I've got to just get to payday. In other words, your focus is on that provision. Your focus is on that. That is, that is worshipping mammon. I'm running after money. You should not be worried about your payday. You should be sitting down and saying, God, you are my source. Supernaturally, you can provide for me. Long before my payday. You see, your reliance is on your salary. You should not have your reliance on that. What happens if, if you get retrenched? Then you're in big trouble if that is your only source. But if you have a salary, I always use this. If you've got a salary, use it as an opportunity to develop your faith. Say, God, I trust you that you are my source and that I get a lot more money than what my salary can give me. So that if my salary goes, I'm still okay because I know how to do it. I can trust God again. So I want to challenge us. That's the difference. I can have the glory of God overriding the natural or I can be relying on the natural. And the question is this, and only you can answer that. How much are you allowing God to work in your life on a daily basis? And how much are you actually relying on the natural and trying to make the best that you can in a bad situation? Come on, the world is not so hot. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that tonight, Lord, we are not going to settle for the natural. Lord, we are not going to settle for a life where we just add Jesus to our mix. But Lord, we are going to go after the glory. Lord, we are going to go after the full potential that God has inside of us. Lord, we are going to release it in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for such a hunger in each person. Lord, that we will start pushing in with you. And Lord, we are going to push in for the supernatural. We are going to push in for signs and wonders. Lord, we are going to have dominion over this earth. And we are going to see the miracles of God operating on a daily basis in our lives. And Lord, I thank you that not only are we going to see miracles taking place, not only are we going to see these things manifested in our lives, but Lord, right now, I thank you, Lord, that we are going to stay connected to the vine. Lord, that we are going to stay connected to our source, that we can genuinely see the true glory of God manifested. Lord, in the sons and the daughters, Lord, I thank you that the latter house is going to be much greater. The glory of this house is going to be much greater than the former because you live inside of us. You dwell inside of us and the power of God is going to be manifested in and through each and every believer. God I pray for a fire. I pray for a revival. Lord I pray for a stirring in the spirit that we will not settle for second best. Lord that we will not settle for the natural but God we will push in for the supernatural we will push in for the fire we will push in for the power and Lord, we will have dominion over everything that you have created in Jesus' name. I thank you for that authority. I thank you for the honor that you have given mankind. I thank you for the glory that you have given mankind and that you have restored us to the place that we have in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for that. Amen.